Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome to the outro of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Jacob, what did you think? Man, I'm excited. 
Like, I'll, like if I'm not excited, I'm, you know, not having fun. But yeah, <laughs> excited. There's, there's some stuff about uh, this episode I want to talk about in just a little bit. But, uh, of course, we got Michael Pike here, the Killadilla. Or the Tequila Dilla. Not tonight, guys. Not tonight, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, just enjoying his uh, amber ale. I mean, show bougie. Man. This is uh, the first beer that I I ever really liked. It's when I lived out in Colorado. Oh, man, just bringing back the old times. Fat tire. Yeah. By the way, when you lived in Colorado, did you ever go hunting out there? No, dude. What was wrong with you? Mm. I was chasing tail, the different kind. <laughs> Man, the rut's always in season with Michael Pike. <laughs> I was uh, 20 years old. Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. So I just took out a loan from the bank and had somebody drop me off out there. So, Dang, son. Yeah. <laughs> worked at Ski Resort. I actually had two jobs. Worked at Ski Resort and worked as a supervisor at Quicksilver. Man, did a little bit of everything, man. Okay. Listen, I'd be out there. It would be a problem. Like, we would try and be drawing tags or something. But hey, I hear you, I hear you, you know. Yeah. Times were different back then. Times were different. Time, yeah, it would probably would have been easier for you to get attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was 17 years ago. Whew. Man. Man. <laughs> yeah. Mike's, uh, Mike's, you know, sh- he shaved his, shaved his beard to make him look like a young buck, kind of blend in with Yeah, the well, I was going to do the mustache, and I <sighs> shaved everything else off, and I'm like, a little too high on this one side, so <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't do it. Next time. Yeah, next time. <laughs> Listen, look at Hopefully Andrew. by about both season, you know, right? You should you both should season. You talking like about, I mean, growing give, like give a full a, give, beard. Give him, a, give him a week and a half, bro. Well, I don't know how fast your beard grows. I mean, Andrew, well, faster than two months, three months <laughs> from now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine Andrew with a mustache? I can't look at it. It looks strange. <laughs> It's a little bit skinny. Your mustache is a little bit yeah, skinny. No, I don't have the face structure you have a for a mustache. Thin, you have a thin top lip. I know. It's not good. You'd have been good like good. in the 1900s, like the early 1900s, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, well, they have some ugly SOBs. They all had mustaches. <laughs> Andrew fit So I fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, that, he's that real fem, feminine top lip. <laughs> I've got one of those looks like the 1980s bow hunters, you know? Yeah. Like that's what mine looks like. <laughs> Thick, luscious, oh yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, way to get us off in the weeds, guys, and we were only two and a half minutes into this. That's what you call a tangent right there. Yeah. All right, so with this episode, uh, John, I'm going to get us back on track. I says, you know, let me grab the steering wheel, pull us back. Uh, one thing that Johnny said early on that I thought was applicable uh, to, like, my upbringing, especially back in high school, was talking about, like, not paying attention to so much about, like, uh, outdoor media and, like, different, like, especially, like, magazines. Because a lot of that stuff won't be necessarily relevant relative to your area and like where you're hunting, and that screamed at me. Because I remember back in high school, I go to our library, and our library we had like three or four different like hunting magazines that we'd get subscriptions to. I'd go in there, man. Lunch break, I'd eat real quick and go over there to the library at school and like you know start reading through some of the, the articles. And you'd find some really interesting stuff, but it was all based off like midwestern tactics. And you know at the time I was living in Arkansas, and. Uh, just was not applicable. Again, like I talked about on the podcast, you know, I, one of the articles that comes to mind, it was one of the writers, and he was talking about hunting in the rut, these um, funnels, kind of like these inside corners where you have, like, two different wood blocks, you know, in ag country, and you're hunting, like, a fence row or something in between these wood blocks and, like, how you'd set up on it. And I was like, oh, this is so cool, but there's nothing I've ever seen that looks anything like this. I did the same thing, and I'd go looking on the map, like, trying to find a fence row. I'm like, man, there's no fence rows around here. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. Mine was all about the rut. I mean, yeah, 
It's yeah. like they are like November, November seventh. Need to be in the woods. Yeah, we're, and, I, and I'm like, huh? we're down in the hunting club in like <laughs> Bullock County and <laughs> the ruts. You know, the end of January into February, and I'm out here rattling antlers. You know, going to town in October, November. <laughs> oh, call, calling, dude. That's another thing. Like how much like you'd read articles about yeah. like calling, and like just never would have success. Just for whatever reason, like this, the local population, some of the places we were hunting, maybe just not having confidence in calling. And uh, yeah, that's another thing. Like, dude, rattling and. Yeah. Whole nine yards. You'd read articles like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go try it." You go out there and like you're like deer running away from you. Yeah, <laughs> or, they're, or they're blowing at you. I can't tell you how many times that has happened. Yeah, they they blow at you. You mm. get does, and they're like, Phew. "Yeah, yeah." Mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preach, man. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I, I mean, I remember just magazines. I I read magazines, and it was more like an entertainment factor. And after like when I got into college or like got out like graduate high school, I was like, "Yeah, there's there's no point even paying attention to that stuff other than just like an entertainment factor of reading mm-hmm. because I can't." use that in Alabama or Arkansas or throughout the Southeast where I was at. Cause none of the articles were based around that stuff. Yeah. So. The first thing I ever got that actually helped me with deer hunting was I've, I found this book on the internet or something called like a hundred deer hunting tips and I bought it and it was just like this like big book and it was like a hundred deer hunting tips. And they were actually like very useful. I still have that book somewhere. I need to go find it, but I read that book and that's like, what got me started because it was written by guys who were from the south hmm. and so it, it was like act like when i read it i was like oh like i started to get stuff because it's kind of the same thing um especially you know like on the internet when i was younger like when like forums and everything were like coming on like super big and everything uh like the the uh what was it the uh was it the qdma forum or something it's not around it and the internet had just came about <laughs> I mean, that was like when I was like 16. <laughs> so and there was so much bad information on there, like uh, like the Field and Stream Forum, I think it was, uh, or like their question and answer or whatever they used to call it. Um, same thing with that. There was just like, I'm like getting advice from a guy who lives in like uh, South Dakota or something. I mean, it's just like completely unapplicable to where I'm at. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely related with that too. That and also like having the understanding, like growing up, you know, I didn't get into hunting because my dad, I got into hunting because of my mom's brothers, my two, two uncles. And, uh, they were always huge into like watching outdoor television, you know, outdoor, you know, sportsman's channel, pursuit channel, um, and all that. And just watching all these different hunts, you know, hunters and watching all these guys. And, uh, you know, after a while I realized, you know, a little bit later on that it was more of an entertainment factor. Like I can't, you can't implement what these people are doing on these shows because a lot of times they're not hunting anything like you would have access to. They're not hunting public land. 99% of them. Now you have some shows that, you know, maybe you're doing some of that or they're hunting places just with like super high deer densities. They're hunting, you know, some more premium areas or there's hunting like over bait or stuff that I just don't have access to. Like I don't have property to be able to do that stuff on ag fields, ag fields, all that stuff. And you're like, Holy crap. I remember one of my favorite videos I ever watched and I forgot, uh, it was a uh, real trees, real tree monster bucks, uh, and they were out in uh, where are they going, Wyoming, uh, or maybe it's Montana, Milk River, Milk, Montana. Yes, and dude, some of the most epic footage out there, and I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. That's when we first went to Wyoming, and I was just thinking about that, those kind of areas. Yeah, I was like, oh man, this can be awesome. Yeah. Get out there, and it ain't nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> like we're not in a prime, you know, three, four, zero 000. point unit on BLM. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, it's a spike. <laughs> it's a two point. 150 around every tree. Yeah. Michael's that's, just shaking that, his head. That, that's what Mike thought when we were going out there. And that's what you told me. Yeah, we tricked him. <laughs> we tricked him. That's had, what you told me. Hey, I had to sell you on the experience, man. I told yeah. you it was a bunch of dinkers, man. You wouldn't have gone. Now, now, you get, now you get something, you know, some experience to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Tell everybody what not to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. spend your money on Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, please don't, so we can go back. <clears throat> Mike won't go, though. He said he said no more. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm good. No, but like again, with the whole outdoor media thing, that's kind of funny. But that's the one thing I like about podcasts is like you can get more like relatable people on from like your region. You know, we are like you know based in the southeast, so a lot of the stuff we try to come with a spin for like where we hunt at. Versus like what you might hear from a show from like the Midwest or the Northeast or something like that. Um, so it's a little bit different spin to like our takes on it. But again, it's nice to be able to find and hear somebody that hunts in the same region as you, maybe even on the same piece of public land or same kind of, you know, land that you hunt on, whether it's on, you know, high pressure private land, hunting club, lease, something like that, or they're on, you know, a piece of public. It's nice to hear from somebody like that and get their personal thoughts on something instead of like reading an article for somebody's hunting in Iowa or Illinois, which is not applicable to where we're hunting. So, yep. Well, until this year, Mike's going to Iowa. So, yep. Mike's just like, oh man, can we get, can we get done with this, this outro, man? Nine minutes into it, he's like, okay, I'm just stretch these legs out and get comfy. Um, but anyway. I got an hour and a half to do that. <laughs> yeah, you actually do. Yeah, Mike is dedicated, dude. Mike's driving an hour and a half one way to come do these podcasts. So Three hours worth of driving and about six hours worth of podcasts. And he is our video editing. Oh, what was that, Andrew? <laughs> I hope the mic picked that up. That was that Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, his throat was just drained a little bit more of that water. <laughs> no, but, um, uh, you know, Mike is our field producer. He's doing all our video editing. So, like, as you guys, as these podcasts come out, throw Mike under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Uh, I was laughing about that at work today. I was laughing about Jacob. Boy, it's going to drop the same day. <laughs> I was like... No. I was like, no. I was no. like, y'all didn't even give me the footage. Like, the footage wasn't even there until the day. <laughs> and we're, we're just talking about, so the video part of the podcast. So what we're doing right now with the uh, the podcast is the uh, full video version is going to go up on uh, Patreon, and then we're going to break it up into clips that will go up on YouTube. So you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, again, the Southern Outdoorsman uh, on YouTube, uh, and you can check those out as they come out. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode drops, as uh, Jacob tells you, it's going to come out. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, within an hour, he's going to try to sell you on it. Sell you on, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to come out today. We'll come out. We'll figure out the the details later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make up a deadline and then we'll work out how we're going to get to the deadline. Yep. Yeah. And he knows if anybody knows anything about editing, you know it doesn't happen quick. No. It, especially with the W Premiere Pro, it's like. Hassle after hassle after hassle takes yeah. a long time. Yeah, we're we're working on working on it. But uh, anyways, um, other another thing that was brought up in this episode that I thought was interesting was the uh, the aspect of driving roads. Uh, if you're you know hunting a piece of public land, driving roads in the morning, maybe not getting out there in the morning and hunting, um, you know, before daylight, getting set up, but trying to figure out where the hunting pressure's at. Andrew, I know you and me did this in Tennessee uh, back in like 2018, maybe, and yeah. and. Learned a lot from doing that. Uh, done it in other places as well. Mike, I know you've done that as well. Kind of driving roads, finding where everybody's at, kind of figuring out what they're doing and kind of who your 
competition is, quote unquote. There's nobody really there when I'm driving the roads, but uh, the, <laughs> the deer, you can go search the deer out. That's a good point. Yeah, Mike, because, you know, he's gifted with his opportunity to be able to hunt during the week. Um, <laughs> that has a little bit less competition than me and Andrew. But, again, on some of these really big hunts where you have, maybe even during the week, you know, it's three or four day, you know, gun hunt. You know, you can drive during drive during the week and try to figure out where everybody's kind of being at. And kind you of just look out. for tire tracks, even yeah, tire parking tra- lots. Tire track, boot tracks, the whole nine yards. So, got that. And then, uh, yeah, dude, that that's something that I find, especially if you're new to an area, if you're hunting a piece of public land for the first time, uh, doing that on like one of the first big hunts where there's a lot of people in the woods, especially if you're hunting on the weekends, would be a worth you know, a couple hours in the morning drive around and try to figure out, you know, where is the most pressure at, where you're kind of seeing the pressure and potentially where those guys kind of going into the hunt. And then, hey, maybe while you're driving roads, maybe you cut some deer crossing roads like old Mike, try to figure out where they're coming from and where they're going. Yeah, if I was going for that first hunt, I'd be in the woods the first day. Now, if it was like several days, you know, I might take the second or third day or something like that and go drive the roads but on that first day when those deer hadn't had any pressure in there like i'd be the first person in there and there wouldn't there wouldn't be nobody ahead of me mm-hmm. yep taking advantage of that low pressure mm-hmm. catch them off guard yep yeah no that makes a lot of sense you know so got that rocking there hey, by the way andrew you just dropped um i guess it was Technically, when this episode drops, I guess it would have been a week and a half ago. And hopefully, by the time this episode drops, we got some more stuff up on Patreon that Andrew's working on. Uh, but that video you did of that uh, kind of day, to, day by day breakdown of that one individual buck in his uh, travel mm-hmm. and like movement of travel was fascinating. It had a lot of really cool responses on the Patreon of like guys like yeah. sitting there. I mean, it's like a 30, 31 long, 31 minute long video. Yeah. It ended up being a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, I sat in here and I was like, well, I'm just going to record this real quick. I just got to get this done. And I sat down and it took like forever. Cause I was well, using the screen recording on my computer. Cause I'm my computer's got art pro on it. And because of the licensing, I can't just like put it on any computer. And so I just downloaded it. I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for this screen recording software again. So I had to record like five times to get everything because it cuts off. It took forever. But Well, even even so, I mean, if you're going over 30 or 31 days, I mean, that's only like a minute a day, like looking at trying to break that down. Mm-hmm. Like when I tried doing it today um, while I was waiting on everything to download to the computer, uh, I was going through and, man, I'd recorded like, 30 minutes oh did you realize uh the 16th and the 28th were not on there this podcast is supported by hunting exchange in this day and age we all know it is a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms and that's where hunting exchange steps in hunting exchange is an app for ios and android built by sears hunters that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear whether you're looking to sell your bow broadheads technical apparel, stands or saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items is also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or knives. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. This podcast is supported by Mark's Outdoors. If you're from around Birmingham, you know of a, a staple in the hunting community here, and that would be Mark's Outdoors. 
They've been in business in the same location for over 40 years, family owned and operated, and they have a reputation for being one of the best bow shops in the southeast. As we inch closer and closer to deer season, if you haven't already, it's time to dust off that bow and make sure that she's ready to roll for this hunting season. Go stop by Mark's Outdoors and check out their archery counter with Mark and Robbie, two guys I've known for years, excellent bow techs. They've worked on my bow since I started bow hunting. They got all the knowledge and accessories that you need to get ready to rock for this bow season. While you're in there, also make sure you check out their gun counter. They got a ton of nice rifles for everything from AR platforms to nice deer rifles and a bunch of nice shotguns as well. They also have one of the best knife selections in Alabama. I mean, really nice stuff. All kinds of custom knives in there and their ammo selection is just unbeatable as well. We're thrilled to have Mark's Outdoors on board and we thank them for supporting the podcast. Now we're going to ask you guys to go support them. Because of, yeah. because of those gaps in the in the in the screen recording, uh-huh. that's exactly what happened. Okay. Because the screen quit recording, and I didn't realize it, and I talked through this whole day, yeah, and I didn't have so, anything on it, so I just cut it out. So I'd gone through and ended up getting off on the dates, like when I was clicking for the um, weather weather underground, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got off on there, and um, I was like, oh, I go, I got to do this whole thing over again. But what I was thinking when I was doing that is we really need to do it together, uh, go over this, because two sets of eyes analyzing it, you're you're able to see it in two different ways. Um, something I might be focusing on might be something different than what you're focusing on, vice versa. Uh, yep. You mentioned the temperature earlier today, and I was like halfway through them, and I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to look at the low temperature. I was looking at the high temperature. And I was like, the low temperature, I noticed a, a difference on one of the days. And I was like, crap. I was like, I forgot to look at that. Um, I was more worried about the wind and um, and the precipitation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things that, um, that me and you were talking about earlier with that is the deer bedded and really thick stuff over and over again. Uh, he did not seem to bed with the wind at all. No. Um, yeah, the uh, the only time that I saw him bedding with the wind, like a wind-based bedding, uh, was on those really, really high wind days. Um, so, like, above average, like 15 to, yeah. I think the highest one was like 35 miles per hour when those storms rolled through. Yeah. Um, that's the only time that I found it to be consistent. It was consistent with that. But other than that, it was almost the exact opposite. It was almost like the wind was coming straight and hitting them in the face if they were bedded on the hill side. Yeah, because I, I didn't put it in the video, but when I was, like, first going through that data, because I'd already been through it a bunch of times by the time I made the video, but when I was first looking at it, I did go through some of that wind, um, wind and, like, weather data, and, yeah, I just I couldn't find anything, mm-hmm. like, because he just kept going back to the same spot over yeah. and over again, and I'm like, clearly he doesn't care about the wind, because, I mean, it was just 360, you right. know? I mean, it didn't, it didn't really matter what the wind was like at all, it seemed mm-hmm. like, so... Um, that was that's something I want to ask Bill about because Bill's pretty adamant when we've talked to him and he's looked at a lot more of this stuff than we have, but I don't know if he's speaking from a Pennsylvania Ohio perspective or like a Georgia Alabama perspective because I think they're different. I really truly think they're different. Yeah, we have so much cover here. Like I mean, unless you're bedded in the bottom all the time in a lot of these areas, then I mean you're not going to be looking out into a really open area yeah and that was another thing and his he had a couple areas where he bedded a lot um not the same bed but the same general area i would say like 
three or four that he went to quite often. And uh, all of those, I, I, obviously I'm not on the ground there, but I mean, I, I feel like I have enough experience looking at maps and reading satellite images that I kind of know what it looks like on the ground. And that he, he does not have a side advantage. I right. mean, compared to what he could have. So right. when it comes to the whole visual advantage thing, a lot of times the deer was bedding in a place where he's in like a thick, thick area, but he's not far from like an edge where he could bed and have a, a side advantage, but he's not on that edge with a side advantage. Like, But I'll say this too, kind of like what Bill said, you don't truly know until you put puts on the ground about what does that truly look like for him in that spot. Yeah, well, there's there's especially one spot some of that these. Yeah, there's no not. way. Like you'd be like seventy five yards before you even got to an edge. Yeah, which uh, especially one in particular, like the pine thicket. So you had thin pines that he bedded in, and then you had a young pine thicket that he bedded in. And that young pine thicket, a couple things about it, he he definitely couldn't see anything in there because I mean we're pretty familiar with that kind of habitat. Um, and I can, I have the topography, I have the, the image and everything. And again, I mean, yeah, I haven't been to his bed or anything, but like I said, I feel like I've, I, I'm good enough with maps where I feel like I'd, I, I can know what that probably looks like on the ground. And, uh, I, I don't think he could see any more than four feet in that stuff if he's laying down. Um, and also, uh, he didn't leave it during daylight. So when, every time he went to that bed he did not leave it in daylight at all like he he went in before uh like even before legal light and he stayed in it until after legal light ended so uh, all the other spots he would get up and meander around but that one that super thick pine ticket he just he hung out all day uh did you look at the dates of the calendar of like when certain days land like weekends i did when he was going to the spots Now, is that going to come out in the video? I mean, some of the stuff we need to hold off for the videos. So people go check <laughs> yeah. it out, man. Yeah, give away a little bit too much of the information. But did you find anything that like correlated with that? Possibly, but not every single weekend. So it seemed like he was making long treks from one place to another on the during the weekend. One it was a Saturday, and one it was on a Sunday. Um, but that's only got two weekends covered before I realized. Um, that was like the same around the same time that uh, I ended up switching over to the editing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was just those two long tracks. But we, I like I said in the video that I recorded, I was like, I gotta have more sets of eyes to look at this. Another thing is I couldn't break down times. Um, you know, I couldn't click on the little pins and figure out what time it was, like when they're in those bedding locations or anything like that. So yeah. that's something I'd like to have access to yeah yeah we do need to do one of those together um so you can yep. click on all that stuff because it's it's uh it's pretty interesting because some of those some of those blue pins like the first one that turns to nighttime sometimes that's in legal shooting hours sometimes it depends on how the like the times fell or whatever mm-hmm. but a lot of times it is within legal shooting hours so i really need to like reformat uh to make it to where it like includes all legal shooting hours but um yeah, I mean, no correlation with with wind. Yeah, you know, that's that's that was the thing. biggest one. That was the biggest one that everybody's asked about so far, by far. Yeah, uh, and that's the second deer that it's been like that with. So, 
Again, we've only like really dug into two of them so Qu- far. Question: What about thermals? Like, are they betting in the area that they're getting a thermal advantage, either daytime thermals or falling thermals in the evenings? Not daytime thermals. I was really surprised. There was one day with zero, uh, zero wind, and he was bedded in the very bottom. Yeah, all day long. Yeah. So uh, then there was another day that was really windy. He was bedded in the bottom. All day long. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I could never. You but know. You, you can't tell overcast versus you know high pressure or anything like that from from like whatever you're using. I mean, it's not going to show you that kind of no. information. Yeah. No. That, that's one thing I, I'm wondering about because that's what I mean. Bill had talked about is you know days where thermal generation is not as great because you know heavy overcast or whatever, light winds, more falling thermals. But also, what kind of like when he's bedding down low, is it like in a slut cut pond thing? No, it was in a hardwood bottom. Hmm. Wait, no. Well, the one I'm thinking of is, it's in uh, thin pines. In the very bottom, that one where he bedded down there in the very, very bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was that one day that he he was in the bottom. He was all a day. day and night. Yeah, all day, like 24 hours. And like, he stayed in a real small little, area. Yeah, one little spot the whole time. Um, but I mean, there's the one bed that he used the most for like the first half of the month was in thin pines. And it was mm-hmm. in the bottom. Of the and he was lines. very consistent. It yeah. was very close to where his core nighttime area was. Yeah. So he spent a lot of time, like the 24 nights in a row, I think what you said, yep. and then two nights outside of that that weren't in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he continually visited that. But the first part of the month, he was only bedded, like, what, 50 to 100 yards away from that? Yeah. Yeah, he's not far at all. Um, and he And he usually took the same route in there. Uh, he would come right up the bottom. I mean, like walking right up the, in the right mornings. up the gut. Yep. So that I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that could be like a thermal advantage thing where th- thermals are still falling. But then he, uh, it never seemed like he really shifted or anything during the daytime. Uh, he he just kind of hung out in that bottom all day. Um, Did you notice him jay hooking at all? No. Well, um, you will within you, an hour. Yeah, you you're not going to be able, gonna be able yeah, to tell. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. No. Unless it was a continuous. GPS yeah, no. tracking. Yeah, no, I never saw any like obvious J hook. Another thing that we can't tell is um like he goes from a point here to a point up here and it shows you an arrow like this, but what you don't know is did he go up, take this road and make the least you know, mm-hmm. the least resistant path? Like I mean, that's something we can't tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was talking to uh <clears throat> I talked to Paul Putera for like Two hours, a couple of days ago, and we talked. We actually talked about that, about like the one downside of GPS study or GPS these GPS callers is that it's only taking pin or it's only taking points every hour. Maybe there. May, I wonder if there's a study out there where they took it more recently. Well, there is. There's oh, fifteen yeah, there minute, is. yeah, um, okay. intervals, mm-hmm. and you know we need to get a hold of Bill because Bill said we could uh, sign a non-disclosure. Yeah, and, and look at some of that stuff. And look at some of that stuff. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome, but like, but even what fifteen minutes? I mean, fifteen minutes. I mean, I mean, fifteen minutes would be a lot more accurate. That would be really interesting because, like you said, Mike, I'd be curious to kind of see how they use, especially with the topo map, like in a shorter window of time, how they're using the topographical features and terrain features. Yeah. To travel. Well, not even that. I mean, in fifteen minutes, I mean, he could go, you know, fifty yards away and then come right back up. I mean. Yeah. You don't know. You know, it's a lot more detailed. There's a lot more information there. Yeah. 
one of the like bigger patterns about it that I noticed is um, how when he's like he has like his bedding areas and his feeding areas, and they were both pretty consistent. Specifically, the feeding areas like super consistent, and uh, when he's in both of those spots, like he lingers and he kind of pinballs around and goes all over the place. But when he leaves, it's like a straight line mm-hmm. where like he covered, he like he went straight to where he was going. He didn't literally walk a straight line. It's like he's like comfortable in being in certain areas, yeah. you know, and he just goes straight to those spots. Yeah, he like he's not like slowly making his way through. You know, like, he travels, then he hits where he's going, and then he kind of, like, then he'll kind of, like, weave and bob through there. And you notice it was one of those wider bottoms, like we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah. Like, pretty big hardwood bottom, and he -hmm. he never really crossed the creek, it seemed like. Yeah, that was like a a natural Might as well be a high fence. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, let me ask, from what you had seen with that buck, if you were going to go and hunt him, because that was in the month of November – First yep. part of November is bow season. Last week of November is gun season, or like gun opener. Yep. Firing opener. What would you have to do to be able to kill him with a bow? I mean, was there was there an opportunity? Uh, yeah. Yeah. First part of the month, like if you were hunting some oaks probably in that bottom, right yeah. on the fringe, you would have, have plenty of shots at yeah. You could have killed him like 10 days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, some of those days, he was even making it all the way in there. Before it was even dark. Hold on. This is the question. Mike, you can answer this for me. Did you notice in those that window of time, was he coming in with the wind at his back, like wind at his face, when he was coming to that area? Did you look at that? So what I've noticed is like a bigger picture of travel, uh, they were always quartering. So if the wind was out of the north, they were quartering. From, like he was going from a point south, down here to the southeast, southeast, and then he's going like to a northwest. Mm-hmm. And – Vice versa, he was going from, like, he always made, like, angles. It wasn't ever, like, going, directly you know, into the wind. directly into or directly away from the wind. Um, it seemed like, especially those bigger travels, like, they were always, you know, crossing some kind of This is when a visual wind. podcast really plays a factor. <laughs> yeah. Which, which you're right. <clears throat> yeah, more kind of quartering. There you go. Like an X. Um. But that's what you noticed with him when he was coming down there? That was just the overall general patterns. Like if he moved from, you know, his feeding location at night mm-hmm. and then went to this spot up here, like it was always, you know, quartering, to some quartering, kind of quartering somehow. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to look into that more because that's pretty interesting. I didn't look into that. Uh, another thing I looked at was um, I noticed some weird movements and I – I didn't get to go in depth on it, and I can't even remember um, what I what I saw. Um, but uh, was the gun season starting in the third week of November? Um, yeah, and it seemed to seem to happen sometime around there, possibly. Cruiser Saddles is the newest addition to companies supporting this podcast. Cruiser is the maker of saddles and saddle hunting gear. Uh, me and Jacob actually met Chad, the owner, at our Bows and Brews event in March of 2020. We were demoing a lot of different saddles there from a lot of different companies, and he showed up with his products, which were brand new at the time, and everybody there was extremely impressed with them, including me and Jacob. We ended up getting some of the saddles for this past hunting season and used them all year from, basically, we started hunting in August and hunted until February. No complaints, 
Really liked him. The durability was there. The comfort was there. The wearability was there, you know, walking in and out to the stand. So we're very impressed. You can go back to some of the episodes from last year and actually hear us, you know, live through the season talking about these things. We talked about them a lot in the podcast from last year's season. Just really impressed, and we think you would like them too. So go to their website and check them out. We ran the XC. Orders ship the same day or next day unless otherwise indicated. And you get free shipping on orders over $300. We really appreciate Cruiser for supporting this show. You guys go show them some support as well. He uh, he had a couple days where he, he made like a huge walkabout where he just like totally left and yeah. went way to the other side of the property. Right. And he hung out there all day and then came right back mm-hmm. that night, that same night. So my first thought on why he did that is I was like, I bet the rut's in December and here it is middle of December. I mean – the rut's in the middle of December, and he's like a month out ahead, and he's going and checking different doe groups, like ahead of time, like going and check, scoping things out. Um, but then I got to thinking about the um, uh, the rifle season, and I bet it gets a lot more gun pressure and, and people going to hunt. Yeah. So I thought that that could possibly mm-hmm. possibly be a factor. So, you know, a lot of things is just speculation at this point. Um, it, it certainly seemed like so he went to that area twice and that area is super secure pine thicket and he it seems like he used thick cover to travel again we can't mm-hmm. see exactly where he went through there but the way that the, it, it looks the way he swung around and went in there he basically went up his drainage went through a saddle and then swung around the back side of that ridge to get to this like real secure area that he mm-hmm. went to and uh, all that's within good cover. There was another time when whatever it was, a tropical storm or just a regular storm with just really high winds, he went way across the property and he bedded really, really low. Um, like a, from his from like the highest elevation, it was like a, I think a hundred foot lower in elevation on those really, really windy days. Yeah. Mm. Um, but but still like. Even on high wind days, like 15 to 20 miles per hour, uh, he didn't always bed in the very low spots. Like sometimes he bedded about halfway to three-quarters of the way up in some of those locations. Well, also this area, this is Marino County, right? Yeah. So it's fairly – I mean, it's more flat than, you know, some of the areas that we're talking about. So it's yeah. not like he can just be on the leeward side of a ridge because the ridges probably aren't as big enough to really block a lot of that wind. So the best place for him to probably get is the deepest little hole that he can find. Yeah, you know, I'm talking. About it's a pretty. I mean, this is a sizable ridge on this property, but it's uh, there's there's not many parts of it that are like pretty steep. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's very mm-hmm. gentle. That's what. Yeah. So there's parts of it that are very steep though, um, and he did. I didn't like notice any like huge pattern there. That one little bedding spot, that really tight one, mm-hmm. the little draw right next to the road. Yeah. Uh, he bedded there quite often. Um, yeah, like the kudzu patch. I'm not really sure what it was. Real, 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 real tight. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a kudzu patch. Uh, it looks like a kudzu patch. I don't know if that's what it is. That's what I called it in the video, though. But, yeah, he went there a couple times. Um, I don't know what the deal is. The way that it looks like the shadows on the map, it almost looks like that might be, like, some kind of, like, a little, like, high wall or something. Like, maybe they dug right mm. there for something. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he, he didn't visit that that much until later in season and mm. there's like there's two food plots like this that make a 90 degree angle and he's like right in that 90 degree angle in between them 
and uh, he went there a couple times and sat all day oh. long in that spot. Uh, he visited up there next to the one of the main roads, not too far off of it. Uh, mm-hmm. He visited that one a couple of times. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the pine thicket that we were talking about. Or, well, <clears throat> this is the one. Like, so if you're looking at the map, is like the far, far uh, western boundary. Okay. Um, yeah. No. That, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. They, and that's pretty flat over there. Um, it's like a big, big drainage that comes off the ridge, and it's just like a huge, really flat area. If you zoom way out, it's a giant hub, basically. But if you zoom in, it just looks flat. Um, and, yeah, he went in there, and he bedded in the same kind of stuff. He bedded in thin pines. Uh, so he kind of, like, selected for that everywhere he went, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. He, he definitely liked, like, that kind of habitat. And then another thing we talked about earlier is how he hit the uh, hardwood bottom 24 nights in a row. And then as the month went on, he would still hit it, but then he started hitting food plots, like, yeah. every night. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost like is that food source kind of depleted? He he bounced and hit started hitting food plots some more. I was gonna say, did you see him at many food plots during daylight hours? No, mm-hmm. like he I, I can't like, think of one. Maybe over there at the power line. Yeah, like one. He, he might have come out or, right at dark on that power line because yeah. I think I looked at that point that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Think think how many guys, especially like on some of those properties, I mean, even bow season during that time of the year, be hunting food plots. You know, mm-hmm. guys is like, hey, yeah, he never visited. Any kind of grasses, really? Um, no, no kind of food plot. Yeah, not until later in the month, and then he, then he started hitting them well, uh, during daylight, or was it still at night? At night, yeah. way after dark. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of interesting. Like him he, moving on. He was really, really consistent with the the area in the hardwood bottom, though. Yeah. Super, super consistent. Well, that other the first one we looked at, he was kind of similar. Mm-hmm. You saw kind of the same thing, like. His his food sources are a lot more consistent than his bedding, and they're all very very close. Like they stick to that area, really yeah. close. Like yeah. if if they're eating in those hardwood bottoms, then like especially that first half of the month, probably like in October too. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were bedding right here and they were feeding right here. It's like there was you know it was just right there next to each other. It's not like they were, you know, in my mind, you know, thinking about these deer when they get up. Oh, they're going, and they're just, they're gone. You know, they're going, you know, a quarter of a mile, half yeah. a mile away, and, you know, they're just kind of roaming around at night. That's just what you think of, and I don't know. that That's not what, you know, you really saw, especially in the first part of the season. Yeah, man, he was like a pinball. I mean, just like back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. And that's where that, like, concentration of points was. Uh, when you look at, like, the full, you know, like egg-shaped home range, which it does look just like an egg. But there's that one part of it where, I mean, he's just, like, back and forth mm-hmm. every night. And then he's, like, hitting that wall at the creek where he's, like, not yeah. crossing the creek. Yeah. For whatever reason. Big old buck on the other side of the creek, man. Yeah. Something oh, like that's, that. that, that's a question that um, this was talking – let me think. Hold on. I think it was, it was Brian – yeah, Brian Landry I was talking to today. And uh, we were talking about the GPS studies. And uh, one thing that he said – that would be interesting to kind of figure out. And he had access to a GPS study um, that actually I don't think Bill has access to from what I've talked about. There another uh, biologist has been running, which hopefully we're going to have on the podcast next week or two. Uh, but anyways, Brian was saying that this uh, buck, one thing that he noticed that was interesting because he had the data points, is like they didn't really – like you'd have like 
a very tight area where those um, home ranges cross on these two different bucks, but they didn't like overlap super hard. Mm. And every now and then you might have it where there's like a wall between these two bucks home range and they just won't cross it. Kind of like that, the one buck that we looked at uh, very early on that was on the safety zone versus the one that was just off the safety zone. Yeah. There was a ridge and they did not cross that ridge right. on each side of each other. Yeah, that was cool. That was interesting. They're like, we're not, I'm not going over there. He's not coming over here. They ain't mm-hmm. beefing. <laughs> no, they ain't about to throw hands, bro. No. Throw, throw some horns. Throw racks. Throw some racks. <laughs> um, but that that is interesting. So that'd be something that'd be, be very interesting, especially in the study where they've uh, they got like either a, a bunch of uh, either tag slash, you know, call it a group of uh, bachelor bucks. Uh, and try to see like when they break up and everything, kind of the situations there. But also just figuring out like if you had multiple mature bucks in one area that was all co- collared, how they interacted and like did their core areas and like like their tight home ranges did they overlap much or did they like somewhat there was like a buffer in between them. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's all interesting stuff. So let me ask Andrew, what else is to be coming out on Patreon in regards to so many studies? Like what what's the, what's to be put out there for the listeners for people that haven't already checked out the Patreon and everything going on. So uh, next we're gonna do a flatland one. Um, so we're gonna look at some of our flat flatland deer uh, and make a similar kind of video with that and see how they move and everything. And then uh, we'll start doing some more interesting stuff because some of these deer live right next to each other. So I'm gonna take two of them live right next to each other and look at both of them at the same time and see like did they get up and move at the same time independent of one another mm-hmm. um like did they bed all day like independent of, like i want to see like two deer and we could even do it with two deer on two different parts in of the state you know like deer that live a couple Ooh. hours apart especially if you're looking at like moon phase and everything yeah and see like okay why did both of these deer hundred miles at the away, same time. get up at five o'clock on the dot, you know, or something like that, you know, right. like right there around five o'clock. Um, so that's that's one of the main things that I'm like, I'm getting pretty excited about breaking that down, chomping yeah. at the bit. Yeah, that's gonna be really fun to look into. That's gonna be really cool. So, yeah, that's that's uh, what's coming up, especially if we can get the ages. So. Yeah, working on that right now. Working on that right now. So especially, I would love to have like a two and a half year old deer and a five and a half year old deer on the same property and watch how they watch how they move watch how they interact with one another and then of course as we get more into the fall we're going to look at the rut stuff we've we've got people asking about it and uh we'll do it we'll we'll do it when we get a little closer to the rut i think right now i'm I'm pretty interested in like early season stuff because i really want to kill a big deer in early season (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yep so for people to be able to see that how can they go and check that stuff out Go join the Patreon. Yeah, we'll be rocking and roll. Also, giveaways as well. Uh, working out, getting uh, all the agreements and everything. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, we should have all that again secured. But uh, roughly just at or over $500 a month on giveaways. And then we just I just confirmed today uh, one pretty massive giveaway we're going to do as well. So Ooh. I haven't told you all about it yet, but it's... It's ex- it's expensive. Oh. It's awesome. No, it, it's really good stuff. It's stuff. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So it's super good. It's going so, down. So make sure again, you're all on the Patreon. Uh, so yeah, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Southern Outdoorsman. You can check us out there. Support the show. Get uh, exclusive content access. And also, by the way, talking about wanting you know kind of rep some Southern Outdoorsman stuff. We're supposed to be doing a pre-sale sometime. So I'm gonna put Andrew under the under the gun right now. You know, supposed to be doing a pre-sale on some shirts uh, and get those out in the next coming weeks. But uh, 
I guess we're going to work on some details. Hopefully, maybe by the time this episode comes out, maybe. Yeah, yeah it should be. Uh, should, should, okay, should be. Y'all heard, y'all heard Andrew. Go to the website. It's live right now. It's live right now. You're it's listening live to the right podcast. Now. Go. Set that deadline. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we're going to set the de- We're going to work out the details. How we're Jacob will set that deadline for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, when you're listening to this episode right now, go to our website, thesouthernoutdoorsman.com. And it's M-E-N, right, Mike? M-E-N. Men. Men, not man. man. Not man. Even though you search, search man, will still pop up. Yeah. Ruin the search yeah. in there. I was telling somebody about the Southern Outdoorsman, and she went to type it in, and she's like, I've only spelled out, like, south so far, and it's already popped up. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That is right, girl. Taking Google by storm. <laughs> yep. But uh, anyways, go to the website. You can check out the uh, the new merchandise. We'll uh, be launching some more stuff coming this fall. But go pick up one of those shirts. And also, go to the website as well. And you can try uh, some of our – or purchase some of our uh, decals as well. So we have some different decals uh, that are coming out. Mike's got one of his truck, dude. And uh, it looks slick. And we've already, we've already sold quite a bit of them. Like, hopefully – listen, if you're listening to this outro right now, if you have purchased one of our decals, please on – like, especially Instagram – Make a post, tag us in it, make a story, whatever. Send us a photo of you, you know, with one of these decals on your truck, uh, phone, you know, you know, whatever, your tumbler, cooler, cooler, gun case, bow case, gun sight. Whatever. Send us some photos, tag us in it, and we'll share that on social media. Very, very excited about the decals. Hopefully, you all enjoy it as well. Uh, the Southern Outdoorsman freaking army going to be out there in the woods this year. Dang right. Um, what else we got? What else we got to cover? Uh, I'm holding a big giant antler. Uh, it's, it's it's a danker. That's it's, it's a good. That's a, that's a two and a half year old Iowa buck right there. There <laughs> <laughs> you go, cameras. It's cute. Here's Everybody a, watching. It's a cute one. Yeah, he's no, that's a good. He's, one. he's all right. It's he's a good. good. But uh, anyway, so yeah, get the uh, get the decal shirts. Uh, Patreon again. Check out the Patreon uh, information. Patreon giveaways again. We're gonna be doing these uh, giant monthly giveaways on the Patreon and accounts for everybody. So appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody joining on the Patreon. Um, and then other than that, dude, uh, don't forget about the reviews. All right. So me and Mike were having a field day because we were about to uh, we were talking about reading reviews. I'm like, dude, we need to have like some epic like music that plays in the background that's like and it's like it intros in for us to re- read the reviews it's like review time we need a musician to no. help us out no 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 we, we came up with the song but it would be super expensive to get it what song thunderstruck <laughs> acdc you should play it right now actually i don't know might get, tr- might get in trouble do you get in trouble for playing in the background like on your phone <sighs> i don't know the laws around podcasts are different uh it I, I'm I'm not totally sure. YouTube I've looked videos. into it before. It's like a, a legal gray area that, like, I don't know. Mm. Well, anyway, but yeah. Well, everybody play Thunderstruck. Thund- Thunderstruck, right now. yeah. Play Thunderstruck in the background. Just go while, ahead and turn it on while we're reading the reviews. Awesome. All right, cool. So, where did we leave off last time? Uh, the 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 girl who wrote in for her boyfriend, right? Was that? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Wow, okay, because that's what we left it off with. Um, oh, this is a great one. Yeah, because this is old VA Mountain Hunter. Yeah, we got to read that one. All right, Mike, you want me? Quit tapping on the table. What you doing, Mike? You want me <laughs> launch off, or do you want to do it? Sure, you go ahead and do this one. I'll do the next one because the but, next one's yeah. Because uh, this this one's about me and Michael. Okay. All right. So, anyways, we're reading reviews off uh, iTunes. Appreciate everybody that's leaving us the new reviews. You can go over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, a written review, and we read those off, all the new ones off, every single week. All right, so this is uh, from VA or Virginia Mountain Hunter, five stars. It says, by Michael the Armadillo, and then it cuts it off. 
Been listening to the podcast for a couple of years now. I hunt national forest land in the mountains of Western Virginia near Devin Duncan and Nathan Killian. However, I've been able to incorporate the tactics of multiple guests who hunt in a variety of areas. Now, this is without the this is without a doubt the best podcast for the real world hunting tactics. And I would like to thank Jacob, Andrew, and the Dilla for devoting so much time or so much of their time to bring us free content. With that being said, I don't know if my heart can take another story about the Dilla missing a monster buck with his rifle. <laughs> Old Moneybags Myers needs to buy him a cheap twenty two with a scope and take him or make him go squirrel hunting with the old wizard. <laughs> squirrel hunting with a twenty two is a great way to improve your marksmanship with a rifle and do some preseason scouting all at the same time. Good luck this upcoming season and thanks again. Yes. I was telling Michael last year. Well, I was yeah, like, we talked about. I was it last like, Michael, year. I will give you my twenty-two. I've got one. <laughs> I've got a twenty-two. I just don't use it. Yeah, Michael's. You're going with me this year. We're going squirrel hunting this September for sure. He he went dove hunting with me last year, and first dove that came by him, he waxed it. Yeah, know? I mean, he's a good shot. Yeah, it's just bucks. It's buck fever. Well, what we'll are see. you looking we'll at? See. We're gonna get you on a couple squirrels Let's this look year. Look at the screen. Yeah. It's just this, they go at different rates, different frame rates on the computer versus the camera, so it creates those lines. Gotcha. Uh-oh, I lost it. All right. All right. Nice. Next one, Mike. What are you doing? All right, so the next one is from the other ginger bow hunter. Uh, oh, you, you know this was perfect. Yeah, you? best hunting podcast. By far the best hunting podcast out. I've had the pleasure to meet the guys and hunt with Adila. Very knowledgeable and entertaining. I purchased maps from Andrew that were excellent. Uh, but the best part is you never know what <laughs> you never know what word is going to come out of the junior bow hunter. <laughs> you never know what word is going to get the ginger bow hunter tongue tied, or, or the dilla. or the dilla. <laughs> uh, love the show, guys, and look look forward to seeing y'all in the woods this season. This from uh, Jason Bachman. The, the man, the myth, the legend, old motorcycle rider. All right, um, you, you gotta get the next one. Hey. What's up? What's up? So we got a bunch of people thinking that we were just drunk off our butts, um, or at least I got a, a couple of messages talking about that. Well, you did too in the group message. That, yeah, that was the group message. What? Yeah, last week. Yeah, um, but that was not the case. We just when you're reading like these little tiny, tiny lines of words, and a lot of people you don't you don't know like some punctuation's not used, and so like we had we plus. <laughs> We're not good readers. Yeah, hooked on hooked on phonics did yeah. not work for us. <laughs> so we were not we were not that lit. I promise. The tequila dilla. Now tequila. if you if you want to see us lit, you can find us Friday night downtown. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Andrew, you got the next one, bro. All right, Eastern Kentucky Mountain Hunter. This is uh, James Grimm, five stars. Uh, Love y'all's podcast, uh, getting the opportunity to listen while you guys talk with these old school big buck killers is information truly hard to come by in my neck of the woods. I grew up hunting public land in eastern Kentucky and southern Ohio. Any chance I get, I soak up some knowledge. I'm all for it. Keep the episodes rolling. Boom. Boom. All right, so this is five stars. Title is Love It, and this is from First Sniper. Great podcast. I drive daily with my job. And I'm catching up on past episodes. It's hard to find good hunting podcasts. This is by far the most informative and entertaining. 
I'm glad my buddy told me about you guys. Keep up the great work, JB. Awesome. All right, Mike. Next one is the best there is. I like this name. From Holler Hunter. I like that. I <laughs> yeah. like. Listen, the Thicket Cricket and Holler Hunter. I like both of those. Yeah. yeah. You guys never disappoint with quality info and the best guests in the business. 2019 season, I revisited my old stomping grounds for a week only to see Monster Rubs and Scrapes. Wait, I messed that up. Or did I mess that up? No, you didn't. You're good. You're good. Uh, and Scrapes only to see one deer. Started doing research and came across Nathan Killen's episode and that lit a fire. Uh, he is only about an hour away from where I hunt, so I put a lot of those tactics he talked about into play. Uh, with that being said, the 2020 season showed me uh, 25 deer in four days, and with the last two days seeing three good bucks and a 120-inch eight-point on the ground. Only going to get better from here, boys. I appreciate all the hard work uh, y'all do to make us better hunters. Mike Lane. Nice. Congrats on the deer. Yep. Uh, this one's a great podcast from Remington Carmichael, five stars. I've been listening for almost two years and have listened to all of the podcasts and thoroughly enjoy them. I'm 17 and have learned so much from all the guests, and I'm very appreciative of what you guys do. Thanks for listening, man. That's awesome. Uh, take advantage of how young you are when it comes to hunting because uh man when i was in high school i freaking tore it up i hunted a lot and i wish i could go back and hunt that much now so <laughs> all right this is uh, uh keeping it real five stars from adamsville 3333 all right uh, if you were looking for a podcast that fits a southern hunter then you find the right place plus so much more jacob andrew and mike keep the podcast rolling seamlessly with the guests providing great info on the tactics that are proven time and time again. The information on tactics, terrain, and overall knowledge are second to none and can be used across the, or be, can, can be used across the nation to fit your hunting style. Get your pencil ready to take notes from guests like Troy Pottinger in the Northwest, Josh Driver in the Central United States, and Glenn Solomon and Michael Perry down the Deep South. Keep up the great work, guys. I noticed you really ad-lib on these podcast like on these reviews i just i add words oh you I make add it, a I make lot it, of words yeah. I, I make it flow a lot better though just listen yeah you, you do, <laughs> I do, I do but somebody pointed out to me today is like uh jacob he he just um makes up words uh, like those words aren't actually in the reviews i know i'll make it flow better just trust <laughs> trust me guys I'm, I'm just adding to it uh the next one is Dang, jacob's such a good looking dude man that's, that's, i'm gonna put that in the next one go ahead and troll that <laughs> Go ahead and do your little twirl and look into the camera. A little <laughs> zoom in. <laughs> I am. I'm going to zoom in. I'm going to zoom in. I'm going to zoom in to where it's like the whole frame is just <laughs> your fingers twirling your mustache. Uh, um, the next one says, great podcast. This is from Messina Man. I uh, love the content and the different twist everyone has on their method. Seems like uh, there's a great. Nope. Let's try that. Talking about adding words. Seems like there is. I, I should have just great. kept going. It's not even in this review. I should just. I should have just kept going. Seems like there's. I love karma. Here, I'll just let you read it. That way you can, that way you can say great too. You're so good. Go ahead. Let's see if you can do it. 
<laughs> All right, read it, uh, big I fella. I can't barely even breathe right now. I don't know what <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even in the review. Talk about bad words. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'm going to start. All right, this is Miss, from Messina Man. Love the content. Woo. <laughs> and my hands are sweating. <laughs> All right. No uh, pressure. <laughs> no pressure, Jacob. Oh, you're good. Love the content and the different twists everyone has on, on their method. That's, that's how he said it. Seems like... There is something to take away from every episode, but there are definitely a few that knock it out. Keep up the hard work, and good luck this season. <laughs> That's how you read a review, Mike. Yeah, go on, get my dogs fired up. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Golly. Man. <laughs> we can learn to read today, baby. Oh, Y'all are just helping us by the end of this journey, we will be public speakers. Yeah. <laughs> public readers. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Well, that was eventful. That was a fun, that was a fun oh. review session. Oh. I was, I was going to say something, but I don't know if it hurt the podcast or not. I was going to say we're like Biden up there trying to read off the teleprompter. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, cool. Any final thoughts or anything? Andrew? No. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got veins popping out of your forehead, son. I'm intense. <laughs> <laughs> that or that Mexican food's hit it. <laughs> it's finally hitting. All right. What, what did you just say? Nope. Before I started. Final laughing. thoughts, concerns. Anything else? Uh, do you think you're going to kill a big buck on the velvet hunt? If I find him for me, I can find him and he can kill him. If, if my God does good for me. Uh, my, I'm always a good guide. I'm just not a good killer. My, Mike's, hey, listen, Mike's got a very affordable guide fee. I'll tell y'all. So, what is my guide fee? Like a hotel room. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh-oh. Battery's Everything's running. dying, man. Battery's running low, dude. PC's dying. All right. Appreciate everybody listening. It's been wild and crazy in this outro. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope y'all enjoyed, again, uh, main episode on Monday. Got any other questions, shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Or of course, you can shoot us an email as well. Uh, info at the southernoutdoorsman.com. Contact page on the Southern Outdoorsman website. Check out the new merchandise. Check out the pre-sale. Check out the new decals. And also, hey, head on over to the Patreon. Join that and get special access to a lot of this other content from the GPS studies along with these giveaways as well. Everybody wish uh, wish old Jacob and Michael good luck. Yeah, and if, hunt. if anybody wants to see a close-up of the ginger mustache, y'all make sure to go to the Patreon. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. it'll be on there. <laughs> really... Really close up. Thank God. Uncomfortably close. Oh, I'm okay with it. The people watching won't be okay with it. But Awesome. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate the support. We'll see you back here on next Monday uh, for the Monday episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. 
Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. You guys seem to really have enjoyed over the last year where we've went to a Q&A format every Thursday on the show where we answer some listener questions. Now, some of the most common ones that we get have to do with gear, but also how to find a good hunting buddy. You know, I'm really lucky to, to have a hunting buddy like Jacob. We've been on a lot of incredible hunting trips together over the years, and it's just nice to have somebody that, you know, is always down to go on that that trip that you've always wanted to go on or, or who'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go get that gate before someone else does on public land with you, whatever the case maybe and like i said we get a lot of questions on how do you find you know a group of people who enjoy that same thing so you can kind of network and make some connections the mobile hunters expo is the place to do that y'all heard us talk about it last year and guess what this year it's happening in dalton georgia we're gonna be there june 28th through the 30th we're gonna be there all three days we're gonna have a booth you can come talk to us we talked to a lot of you guys last year had a ton of fun so looking forward to that again but guys i'm telling you this is the place to come network and there's gonna be a ton of you guys there a lot of southern outdoorsman podcast listeners are going to be at this show. And actually, Friday, June 28th, there's going to be an after-hour social after the expo. So what better place to go kind of intermingle, hang out with a bunch of like-minded people, and probably pick up a couple new hunting buddies. So you guys don't miss it. It's June 28th through the 30th. I'm telling you, if you listen to this podcast, this is an event you need to be at. Now, we'll see you guys at the Mobile Hunters Expo June 28th through the 30th in Dalton, Georgia.